you more fearful or more wonderful? <laughs> yes, it does indeed. <laughs> well, take risks, eh? Okay. Good. Are you going to take risks? What does that look like for you when you take a risk? It's a good question, isn't it? What's it look like? You probably won't feel comfortable, that's for sure. <laughs> well, okay. Um, I want to try and... I suppose... I had, a, I had something I wanted to bring. I didn't quite know where it... Sort of in the structure of things, how it sort of fitted. And I think it's probably just trying to give a context to what God's saying, particularly this morning. Just perhaps trying to set some sort of a context. Um, I guess by sort of nature and gifting, I'm more of a, more of a, a sort of teacher. And teachers seek to put a context, seek to put a, a structure so that you can hang something off it. Um, so that's sort of, I guess, what, I'm, what I will do this morning. Um, I, I recalled um, a few weeks ago when I spoke, I, uh, I had this phrase, citizen of, seven, citizen of heaven, resident on earth. And I'm still sort of, I'm still enjoying that, 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 that whole thing, that whole context of citizen of heaven, but resident on earth. And I think it sort of helps me to, to carry that sense of being able to take risks because I'm actually, my citizenship is in heaven, even though I'm living on earth. <clears throat> if I'm a citizen of heaven, then I'm backed up by heaven's authority. For me, it helps me because when you take a risk, uh, I know when I do anyway, there's that sense of, well, I guess by nature, by definition, a risk means you're not sure of the outcome. <laughs> so when you take a risk, you're not sure of the outcome. But you are backed up by heaven's authority. So that's a bit actually of what I want to say this morning. Um, you know, Peter, when he writes to, uh, to the church, he says that we're a, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God, his own possession, which is a great phrase, a lovely phrase. You know, we are his possession. We're not a random group of individuals. We're his possession because we all love Jesus. So I'm going to get straight on. I don't know how long it's going to take, but it won't be long. It, it shouldn't be. By my notes, it shouldn't be long. Okay, can we stick up the slides, Finlay, please? That'd be great. So I've been very good, and I've put the scriptures on the screen for you, so you can follow them. Ephesians 1. I mean, I'm in the New Testament this morning. Ephesians 1, verse 18 and a few other verses. I haven't put where it goes to, have I? It's 18, 2. Okay? It goes to somewhere. Okay. I pray that you explore... This is Paul's prayer to the... Well, it was written to the Ephesians, but it probably got passed on to other churches. I pray that you explore and experience for yourselves all the riches of this wealth not financial or not purely financial just to make that clear the riches of this wealth that has been freely given to all his holy ones for you are his true inheritance how about that one my prayer is that every moment you will experience the measureless power of God made available to you through faith 
Notice it's through faith. People of faith can take risk because it's through faith. Faith is something that is tangible, but it can't be seen. Okay. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the explosive and mighty resurrection power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. I think I've said this before, but I'm going to keep repeating it. Partly because I'm still preaching to myself. Okay, when the, 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 the power that is released to us is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Yes. Yes, Nick, it is. <laughs> Thank you. You see, the Bible talks a lot, particularly the New Testament talks a lot about changing our mindsets, a way of thinking. And this is one of those that needs a way of thinking change. <laughs> if the same power that raised Jesus from the dead has been given to us, what difference does that make to us in the context of taking risks? I'm good at asking questions. You've learned that by now without necessarily giving you the answers because I'm still find, trying to find them myself. But do you see what I'm saying? We, we have to get in our mindset that we can approach a situation knowing that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is coming into this situation and I'm the person who's going to bring it. Now that should change the way I think about the situation. And what I'm prepared to do about it. Because as, a, as, a man and a, as men and women of the kingdom, we are taking heaven's kingdom with us. We're carriers of the kingdom of God. <laughs> it's good this, isn't it? The issue we have, I think, is when we get to a situation and we think, oh, help, because I can do something. I can release something of God's power and authority and his love and his care and his compassion into this situation. Am I prepared to do it? And that's the point of risk. Now, let me just make a few things. I'll try and make them, some things clear because I... I'm getting, over the past few years, I've had to alter my thinking on what, where the kingdom of God has its impact. It certainly has its impact in this place, in the church. Okay, let's, I think we all understand that. The kingdom of God has enormous influence and should have as much influence in the workplace in your workplace in your family in your home and you know you can extend that as far as you like how about the kingdom of God having an impact in the culture of your organisation 
where you work. How about um, oh, this? This is context as well. Street pastors. See what what street pastoring does is it brings the presence of the kingdom into situations. It brings peace very often. It can bring a, a, a resolution of conflict without, as, as Sarah was saying, sometimes without words. Because I believe that the very presence of a person carrying the kingdom can bring peace without words. Sometimes Jesus did it, actually. I mean, I think we can see that there are times when Jesus perhaps didn't speak or spoke two or three words and it shifted the atmosphere that was resident in that situation. And what, what I'm saying to you this morning is we can do it. Amen. We have the authority, the backing of heaven to be able to do that. Yes. Now, I'd love to hear some testimonies. Um, maybe another time we will. Because I'm sure you will all have testimonies of situations where that has happened in your situation, in a workplace, in a home, where you've just been able to bring that, that moment of peace into a conflict. It can be bringing justice to a situation. You know, we've looked at... Uh, again, I saw it on, on uh, the YouTube that, that, that Lucy showed. Just bringing the kingdom of God into conflicts and into where there is lack of justice. I mean, I didn't, I actually did wonder about watching it and then decided I wouldn't. But there was a program on TV, uh, I think it's been on twice, about investigating um, the sex trade in the Philippines, particularly with, uh, with children. And some of you will know that. And you think, God, we need justice in this, in this, this situation. You know, we need, we, need, we need people who are prepared to go and, and, and people do um, and risk their, potentially risk their lives to bring the kingdom of God into this situation and this place because it's evil and it's ungodly. But it needs people to go to take the kingdom. And I just keep coming back to these, to these scriptures about... Um, you know, my prayer, this is what Paul, Paul was praying. My prayer is that every moment you will experience the measureless power of God made available to you through faith. Every moment. Not on a Sunday morning, although we'd like that. Every moment. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. you you're a walking billboard. <laughs> it's a good, good one to think about a walking billboard because you're, you're constantly an advertisement as you carry this measureless power of God and you release it to where you are that is and this is the explosive and mighty resurrection power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the highest place in the heavenly realm Okay, let me just take another... Oh, I thought you said it would work, Adam. I thought you said it would work, Adam. <laughs> just take me on, it's okay. Oh, try it again. Yay, there we go. <laughs> John 14, verse 23. 
I'm sort of shifting a bit here, but it's, it's all within the same sort of message. Loving me empowers you to obey my word. And my Father will love you so deeply that we will come and make you our dwelling place. <laughs> One thing I like about this T- TPT, the Passion Translation, is it just brings a, a, a different sort of flavor. Um, it, I just love the language that, that the translator has used. I'm leaving that. I'm leaving you to, to, to brew on that one for a moment, as as I've done this week. Loving me, loving Jesus, empowers you to obey my word, and as a result, the Father will love you so deeply that we will come and make you our dwelling place. Isn't that amazing? That's why loving Jesus first is so important. That's why we, we, we as Kingdom Life Church, we, we, we will always take time and effort in enabling, uh, in creating a, a vehicle for us to love Jesus. That's why we, we like worship. Because it, it gives a platform for us to express our love to Jesus. And to let it grow, and to let it grow. Okay, so just part that for a moment, okay? I'm coming back to that. I guess what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) John 15. I'm going to read the scripture. I've actually got it on slide, but I'm just going to keep this up because I think it it helps us to visualize a little bit of what Jesus was saying. Because in Jesus, in Israel and quite a lot of the Mediterranean you'll, get, you'll see this all the time which was the point you know Jesus was using an everyday picture we don't see this very often unless you live in Kent or a few vineyards that are around these days in, in England but uh, they are they are coming this is what Jesus said John 15 I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches okay so there's a sprouting vine with branches with some extremely nice looking grapes okay as you live in union with me as your source fruitfulness will stream from within you but when you live separated from me you are powerless if you live separated from me you will be discarded like shriveled up branches that are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned But if you step into my life in union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. When your life bears abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. Okay, you got the picture of the fruit, the vine? Right, I'll put up the I'll put the scripture up. I'm going to read it again. I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. As you live in union with me, as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. 
If you live separated from me, you will be discarded like shriveled up branches that are gathered up, thrown into the fire to be burned. Now listen, but if you step into my life union, my life in union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are mature disciples who glorify my Father. So what Jesus was saying in the verse before in John 14 was this, loving me empowers you to obey my word. And if, when you love, and the Father will love you so deeply that we will come and make you our dwelling place. Now Jesus is saying, okay, if you step into union with me, and my words live powerfully within you. So it's the same thing. It's about loving Jesus and, his, and, and obeying his word and his, his word living powerfully within us. Then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. And when you do that and you bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate your mature disciples and you glorify the Father. So that's the flow. Now I've, 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 I've been thinking about this because I suppose I've lived to an extent with this, this sort of scripture from getting on for 40 years. <laughs> um, it's, so it's a good vintage. It's matured well, I hope. You see, if, if, I, if I entrusted... If I was prepared to entrust my reputation to somebody who I wasn't sure I could trust, would I be prepared to do it? Or would you be prepared to do that? (laughs) There's a lot of shaking of heads. And I don't... You see, that's, that's... that I would call risk-taking that probably isn't from faith. That's just daft risk-taking. Okay? So if that's true, then would Jesus do it? <laughs> you, see what I'm, you see what I'm driving at here? <clears throat> because what Jesus says here is only conditional... Well, let's say what he says first. What he says is, you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. Now, from my reading of this, and I think the weight of Scripture is primarily this, there are actually only two steps that are the conditions. One is, you step into life union with me, and two is, my words live powerfully within you. Those are the two conditions that Jesus places on. Ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. Now that sounds really easy. But you and I know it's not quite as easy as that. Notice what he then says in the last sentence here. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate you're my mature disciples. In other words, your character has been well formed. Because if you live in life union with Jesus and you live in his word, you will 
develop character. I can pretty much guarantee that from my own experience. Okay? Because if you follow Jesus, you will go through, we were talking about this at Life Group, weren't we? Tuesday. You will go through seasons. <laughs> and some of those seasons are not particularly nice seasons. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love us doesn't care for us he's actually fathering us and he's producing a really good vintage (laughs) so actually I think that what Jesus was saying to his disciples here is I trust you I trust you with all the authority and the power of heaven so that when you ask what you desire it's actually my desire because you're asking what I desire you get, you get that. You get, what I'm, get the linkage here. Because as mature disciples, we know what the Father is doing. We see what the Father's doing. And we can ask, what we ask is our desire is his desire. So we're actually just asking what he desires. That way he's glorified. You followed that. <laughs> it's fairly logical. But, you know, it's really, really important that we grasp hold of this. Okay. Right. Just quickly this. This is a little bit later on. You did not choose me, I chose you. (laughs) I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. This fruit that we produce will have a lasting effect it will, it will, it will actually have an, ef- an eternal effect so that the father will give you whatever you ask using my name and then he says this is, this is my command love each other so important those last three words so important that love underpins and is the motivator for everything that we do. Everything we do. I've just got an image here. Anybody got a note on them? How many of you got notes? I have a five-pound note. You may or may not have noticed this before. We get notes go through our hands so quickly, don't you? <laughs> have a look at it if you've got one. Have a look at it. I've got a five-pound note. If you've got a fifty-pound note, I'll swap. <laughs> Right at the very top, you, this is the slide, you can see it. 5, 10, 20, or 50. It says this, I can't read it actually. <laughs> I promise to pay the bearer on demand the sum of five pounds. That's what this says. If you've got a 10 pound note, it says, I promise to pay the bearer the sum of 10 pounds or whatever. And it's signed by the chief cashier of the Bank of England, who currently is a lady. How about that? That's a good one. It's the first lady chief cashier we've ever had in the Bank of England. I did check. <laughs> probably will, yes. They'll probably look after the money better. <laughs> what that means, the chief cashier basically, sounds a, doesn't sound a very posh job, does it? The chief cashier's job is to make sure that there's enough money to whoever I present it to. Basically, we have, we have enough reserves in the country to honour it. That's what it means. So when I come and I give Brian five pounds... Missed it, sorry. 
What it, mean, what it means is, I know that the Bank of England have enough reserves to pay to that, so that this actually really is five pounds, not a bit of paper with a gold band down it and all the rest of it. Now that was a real picture to me of what we're like in, with heaven's resources. Because God's witness, witness, I promise to pay the bearer. <laughs> and that, see, what I'm trying to do this morning is, I'm speaking to myself, please understand that, is just to help us understand that loving Jesus and living in his word will produce fruit because it streams from us. You see, you see, we, there can be a danger that says, I have to work up to produce fruit. You know, I don't hear apple trees groaning with, I'm going to produce fruit. It's, it, it, it's what happens. If we love Jesus and we live in his word, we will produce fruit. It's automatic. We can turn it off if we want by just not following Jesus, by not loving him, you know. But, but why would we want to do that? So we can expect to bear fruit. What that fruit looks like probably depends on your gifting, your personality, your character, where you're situated, in, like I was explaining in the very first place, what, what sphere of influences you've got. And it could also be praying for sick people, speaking words of peace, resolving conflict, creating culture, uh, you know, so on and so on and so on. Just think outside the box. And God will be glorified. God will be glorified. I, I'll pass finish with this just a little story and I'll finish um, a few weeks ago I was at a, a presentation in London and I on the table I was at was a, a guy a chap who we, we got talking and he's a he's a senior academic at one of the country's leading business schools who teaches MBA an MBA course I won't say which one not that it matters, you know, but it uh, doesn't matter. Um, and people, uh, those of you who have perhaps investigated this, or if anybody's done an MBA, you're very fortunate because you probably had to pay something like 30, 40, 50,000 pounds, or your employer has to do an MBA. So I was, um, <clears throat> I said to him, because he said a lot, of, a lot of our students come from all over the world because they value the MBA program that, that we run. So I said, because this is part of where I am at the moment. And I said, do you, do you teach character on your course? Um, and he said, no, we don't. And the reason we don't is because the people coming are normally high flyers. They don't want to seemingly waste time and money on learning character traits or learning how to you know, be, put character into a situation. They want to know how to make a lot of money for their business, how to manage a business, uh, and so on and so forth. I thought that's really interesting because 
if you if you look at if you read the Bible and you look at Jesus's life, or you look at any of the any of the Old Testament or New Testament characters who held responsibility and authority, they were all they all had their character developed either before or during the release of their power and anointing. And it's true, actually, and a lot of... If you look back, if you read something like God's Generals, which is two great books, um, you, you read the stories of how God disciplined these people to be able to handle what they carried. So, I just... Uh, a, I thought that was really interesting. But B, I thought, you know, as we, as we love Jesus and as he, as he develops character within us, we, we produce fruit because it's natural. We produce fruit that will have the mark of Jesus on it. <laughs> That's why I think Jesus could say to his disciples, I trust you, I, I give you, I release to you my power and authority and ask whatever you will and it will be done for you. Because he knew... He knew that they were had their, and that the time was coming as well when their character was going to be so transformed that they were not going to seek after their own things, their own edification. They were just going to glorify the Father, which is what we should be. That's why I started with that, with that scripture. And then with this, I'll finish. That's why I started with that scripture. Loving me empowers you to obey my word. And my Father will love you so deeply that we will come and make you our dwelling place. Let's just keep loving Jesus. Let's keep loving him and loving him and loving him and, and obeying his word. Because if we love him, we will obey his word. But, but in the context of this morning, be prepared to let go of your fruit. <laughs> yeah? Because you have so much fruit residing in you just loose it. Let it go. Let it out to, because you'll demonstrate the kingdom and uh, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at what God does. I'll leave with a banknote, okay? <laughs> 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 Bless you.